You've got those burnt crampets. Oh, no, not that. I literally, just not that. How I, bad I, is that advert? I had, to, I had to listen to that every day at work. For oh, we're, we're recording. Oh, uh, oh, I, I love Harry Redknapp. Fair Victor are good, aren't they? Crumpets are my favourite form fan. of starchy food. Fair Victor. Hit the titles. Down towards the last in the champion hurdle, my tent or yours under this change of tactics continues to lead. The three that have beaten in the past are in pursuit. Booba Dare, Jeski and Annie Power. This is the last. My tent or yours is over. Jeski under pressure. Booba Dare and Annie Power are now in pursuit. Setting off up the running. My tent or yours. Under pressure, Annie Power. Booba Dare, the last challenger. My tent or yours hanging on. My tent or yours. They can't take back the tent. Finally, tremendously, emotionally, my tent or yours won the champion hurdle from Booba Dare and Annie Power. You're listening to My Pod or Yours. Hello and welcome to My Pod or Yours, part three of our epic Cheltenham Festival preview, powered by Bet Victor. Um, and if you don't know us yet, I'm Michael Andrews. And I'm Luke Elder. And we bring a pretty amusing side to racing. We have the serious stuff, don't get me wrong, there's some tips and some real inside information coming up in this podcast, but there is also a lot of fun, a lot of games. We think we're funny. Yeah, we think that. We're not actually funny. Yeah, but if you could go and subscribe and actually like this podcast, if you do like it, that'd be amazing. Go and give us a retweet on uh, Twitter as well. Um, but coming up on this podcast, we have Warren Greaterex, uh, leading trainer with Emma Tom as one of his key chances going into this festival. We have Katie O'Farrell as well, conditional jockey with Paul Nichols and all-round Cheltenham Festival buff. And finally, Laurent Barbaran, the French guy on Sky Sports Racing. He's a great guy. He's a bit of a bully with us because we can't pronounce anything right in French. But um, he's got some good, uh, interesting information about Easy's Land and other French or ex-French horses such as Solo. You're listening to my pod or yours. Uh, delighted to say now we're joined by Cheltenham Festival winning trainer Warren Greatrex from the uh, highs of Cole Harden and Mr. Proach to the lows of being on our podcast. Warren, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I feel very privileged to be on here. <laughs> oh, he's already uh, begging to come back next year. <laughs> straight face as well, yeah. which is just a real surprise. Um, how are you ahead of, of Cheltenham? Yeah, we're all good, yep, yep. Um, thankfully, the horses had a bit of form and uh, they seem in good health, which is a good time to be doing that, I suppose. It's been a bit of a slow season, but uh, yeah, we, we seem to be hitting... Uh, a bit of momentum at the right time, which is great. Just wish, uh, just wish the rain would stay away a bit, but it can't be helped. So, with that, if we if we talk about Emma Tom first, obviously, probably your your leading hope and um, in the I can't is in top three of the betting, I think, for the um, for the Stayers Hurdle. Um, he he was disappointing in the Rail Keel. Was there anything out of that that you kind of made sense? And then he was really impressive next time at Haydock. What what was the the real difference? Because it was a very different horse that that ran in those two races. It seemed. Yeah, um, I think it's a case of um, I think for Cheltenham it was my fault. Um, he'd had a he was due to run in the Yorkshire Hurdle at Weatherby beginning of November, and he sort of injured himself two weeks before um, and had a had a setback so that sort of put us on the back burner um, and then we got him he, he came right but I probably had from the time he started being ridden out from when he injured himself to the time of um, New Year's Day I had about eight weeks and to be honest five of those I was fairly easy on him um, and then for the last three weeks, he, he did he upped his work. He did go for a race course gallop, 
but nothing too strenuous. Um, he had two schools over hurdles, and to be honest, for a horse like him, that probably wasn't enough. Um, and you see, it was the, it was the one race I needed to get to 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 basically go forward after that. And I think I just I undertrained him. Um, he wasn't sharp. He didn't jump very well. Um, you know, he, he was. We had issues with his jumping last year. That he can jump perfectly well, but his his brain doesn't really go with his with his feet sometimes. <laughs> and um, you know, so it was a case of I had to get him to the race. I didn't want any blips getting into that race, so I I definitely undertrained him. And you still think your heart sort of rules your head. You still think, well, we know how talented this horse is. He'll get away with it. Well, you just don't. Yeah. And so he went to he went there and he disappointed but to be honest Gavin knew after about the third hurdle that we were in trouble because it just nothing was clicking into place um the good thing was it was only two and a half mile and Gavin was very easy on him um when he came back from that he came he came out of that race very well and then we never missed a day and I was able to get plenty of graft into him he schooled you know twice a week up until Haydock um and then you get a different you get a different answer. You know he was completely different horse at Haydock. Um, jumped great, um, sort of bumbled over the last, but that's just because he was always going to win. And Gavin didn't want to make any mistakes and quickened up well. And you know, okay, um, the World's End um, didn't run his race, but he beat the others very easily. Um, and I think on that day it wouldn't have mattered if the World's End had been on form. I, you know, I don't think he would have got near him. Uh, bar missing at the start of the season, has he has he been a, a fragile horse in the past, or is it no, just... not? A, and it, it's amazing. Like last year, he has he never missed a day um, really? up until we've had him. And then, yeah, he was schooling. He was doing one of his schooling sessions, and he just pulled up lame, and um, it wasn't. He basically had an infected hock, and that that was the issue. You know, not career threatening and not that bad, but just a setback. Sometimes these setbacks can do you a favour because you know he had, he wasn't trained until probably mid-November. So and he's only had two runs, and he goes to Cheltenham, a fresh horse, um, and also knowing that I think he can be better than he was at Haydock. I think he's come out of that race and he came out of Cheltenham the time before, and. Uh, the, the exciting thing, or thing is, he's only six, and you don't know how good he could be. Uh, a question that I imagine you absolutely hate being asked: you comparisons between himself and Cole Harden. How do they they weigh up alongside each other? Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a hard one, um, and they would be they would be very different characters. Um, Cole Harden, I until the day I stop training, I will never I will never train a tougher horse. Um, than him and as brave you know he he just every time he came out to work every day every time he raced he put everything on the line for you um, and he, he probably probably didn't help him for his longevity because he gave himself a hard time every day and like I said he, he I think he had three wind operations um, his knees weren't great um, and most horses probably wouldn't want to come out of their box every morning, but he always came out and wanted to work. And in his races, um, he he basically put it put every other horse under so much pressure. They, you know, he he took them to places they didn't want to go. So, whereas this lad, without 
being disrespectful, Cole Harden would be a lot classier. Um, he's got an air of arrogance about him. Um, he's, you know, he'd work with the worst horse in the yard. He'd work with the best. He's very laid back, um, which can be to his downfall a little bit because it can affect his jumping. Um, but he he just has that, you know. And he, you look at him and he's a nice horse, but you just you wouldn't go wow. Um, he, you know, he's quite angular. He goes through his races like would he's it, not. Sorry. Would, would it be fair to say that you don't actually know how good he is yet? Because if you actually look at, you know, apart from Champ, the race uh, at Aintree with Champ, and obviously as you say, there was ex- serious excuses at Cheltenham. He's won every single race. Would it be fair we haven't really seen the best of him? Is that what you would kind of say? We don't quite know what his top limit is yet. Oh, definitely, definitely, and I. I think going back to Champ, I think we were unlucky that day as well. I think I think Gavin got it a little bit wrong. Um, he sort of wanted to settle him in and ease him because it was obviously his biggest race to date. And he he was last with the circuit to go and they had crawled. And you, you can't win from there, especially not in a grade one against the horses he was taking on. And I feel that Champ, he was in... He was in the best position in the race the whole way around. We tried to track him through, and he got first run on us. And then we dived at the last because we were trying to make ground up, and that probably caused us. But actually, going to the line, we, we were we were pulling closer. Um, so I, I think he was a bit unlucky. And also at that stage last year, he was just he'd had enough runs for for a five-year-old, and he was probably just a bit light. So. He'd had a good summer, and he came back in looking a different horse. So, yeah, I, I think Haydock was where he was going along the right lines. But I think he is, yeah, I think there's plenty of plenty left under there. And uh, yeah, that's the exciting thing. You just don't know how good he could be. He's uh, nine to one with Bet Victor at the moment, about fourth favourite. Um, we'll go on to another of um, your absolute stable stars, um, Labaguwa, who's entered in the Ultimate and the Brown Advisory. Maribel Stable Plate Handicap Chase. That's a, that's a hell of a name, isn't Rolls it? Uh, yeah, it really does. Um, I have to say, I think, without, without um, sounding too much of a kiss-ass, I think you've <laughs> campaigned this horse incredibly. She has just been picked into the perfect, pitched into the perfect races. Um, and I think it's just a shame this season. I think perhaps she hasn't really quite managed to shine because she's really just... She's had nowhere else to go. But I just think the way she's been campaigned has actually been quite incredible. Um, where, where do you think you're going to go with her out of those two races? And how do you think this season has gone? Um, the season's been frustrating with her. Um, I think partly um, for the fact that she had, she had some tough races last season. And I think she probably... Although early season she was showing all the signs, she was fine. Um, she obviously, I blame myself at Weatherby. I, should, I shouldn't have run her at Weatherby. I should have pulled her out on the day because um, it just basically it rained all day. And <clears throat> I've said before, she's she's not the same horse on um, really soft ground. She'll handle a bit of soft ground, but it was it was heavy by the end of the day. And she obviously wasn't herself, but you know, Dicky looked after her. She's been getting gradually better she ran well in the peterborough and then ran well in the um mayor's listed race at doncaster and i think doncaster i think you know i think i've, I've said and dicky sort of said himself that should have made more use of her and um, she definitely wants a trip now um and then we decided to go to to leopardstown and 
unfortunately we ran on the Sunday and not the Saturday because if on the Saturday she would have been a lot closer because the ground was all on the good side but the powers that be in Ireland basically said that they wanted um, said that they wanted the ground soft so um, they watered um, they watered heavily on Sunday morning after uh, three mil of rain in the morning which is um, which is not ideal and that probably uh, we lost our chance there and then but at, I thought in Leopardstown she was I think she was back to her best in what was a really hot race and to still be digging in there turning in I thought she she did very well and you know Mark was very uh, very positive about her um, coming out coming out of there I was just it's just trying to find the right races for her. It's if if Cheltenham is going to be soft, which it looks like it is, or even softer, it might be that I wait for Aintree. Um But it's something I've never done with her and run her in a handicap. Um, and I think off off one four nine for the horses she's beaten um, and competed in, I just think she could be well handicapped, and it, it would be something that could be of could be of interest but she she's come out of Leopardstown last year she came back and she'd lost a fair bit of weight and it took a bit of time to come out of it but she she's come out of the race absolutely bouncing hence why I thought you know let's let's stick her in and see see what happens you talk about finding the right races for her she's only ever run at Cheltenham once is that something that you you've actively um twice. done sorry twice yeah that she's run at Cheltenham is that something that you've You've actively tried to sort of manufacture a way round and, and go elsewhere, or is it just how the cards have fallen? Um, I've always sort of had in my mind. I thought she was possibly better on a flat track, <coughs> but I, but nothing's. You know, I, I don't think I can keep standing by that. And also, she's nine now, and I just feel, you know, she'll, she there's every chance as long as everything's good, she'll come back next season. But I know the you know the owners have been brilliant. They've sort of been guided by me, where I've sent her, and they've never ever, you know, sort of said no. We want to go here. They've they've wanted to go different places, but if I've said no, let's have a go at this, they've always gone with it. And I feel I owe it to them and and her to to enjoy her. And seeing as she's coming out of her races very well, you know, why not have a you know? There's no reason why she can't go to Cheltenham and Aintree or. Cheltenham and Punchestown, you know, I, I think she needs to be enjoyed because she's not going to be around for, for for too much longer and she owes us nothing. She's been an absolute star. Um, and uh, which, which, which race would you ear towards? Say the ground comes up good and you say, or good to soft, you know, safe Cheltenham ground. Um, which race would you be earing towards? The Ultima over the extended three miles or the two and a half, um, the, the plate? Um, I think she definitely wants a trip now, but it might just be different around somewhere like Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, so it might be that you drop about back a little bit, um, but you you would need to make sure you would need to make sure it's a it's a proper test um, because you know I think nowadays that's what she she really does need. And um, and uh, at Aintree, what race if you if you if you did come up soft, what race at Aintree would you be looking towards a handicap or? or, or? Um, well, actually. Um, I would sort of I would look at the bowl, the the Grade One, because I I think again that race can sometimes um, miss people. I I think you know they can sometimes 
they've, they've gone to Cheltenham and they wait for Punchestown or other meetings. So that can suddenly not be weak, but be not such a, a strong race. And there's something in the back of my mind that would also interest me, but I'd have to persuade the owners is something like the Topham. Wow. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting. Well, if, if you know, we'd obviously make sure she took them, but I mean, she could she could be very impressive around somewhere like there. Yeah, I, I think off a, off that sort of mark and you know flat track, left-handed, um, big fences, it, it would be interesting. You think she could be a national horse next year then? If you're thinking about a topham? <clears throat> Not really. I don't think I'd be allowed. Um, <laughs> um, but I could definitely see her. I mean, she she she's pretty much taken to and sort of done everything we wanted so far. And I just don't know. She's she's a very quick jumper of a fence. Um, she got in a rhythm round there. She could definitely be. Uh, I, I think I think that's a really nice shout because I think she'd enjoy it. I, you know, obviously you don't know until they try it, but I do think she'd enjoy it, and I think it would be the right kind of stamina test because it would put others under pressure with her jumping. So I, I think that's that's very interesting. So uh, good luck convincing the owners if, if yeah, that comes yeah. to that, that'll be the, that'll be probably the hardest thing. I'll have to just tell them the prize money's good. <laughs> just to say with Labagawa with Bet, Bet Victor 14 to 1 for the Ultima 12 to 1 uh, for the plate um, a couple more horses just to quickly breeze over Bob Marler and Port Rush Ted they both are intended runners as well they are they are at the moment yep um, Port Rush Ted I would say um, well it, the the big one was we well, was trying to go for the per temps which I I thought he would have a, a serious chance in obviously he fell last time out so he didn't qualify so the Coral Cup that I would say would be um, would be the favourite. Um, his downfall would be his inexperience. The only way I could see him really coming to the fore in a race like that is if it really was heavy um, and he was able to... They're not going to go crazy um, and he was able to get into it. Um, but if, if it was, to be honest, if it was good to soft, he, he wouldn't be going. We'd be waiting, um, and whether we waited for injury or, or something else. Um, that'd be the case, but he's he's got a huge amount of potential. It's very frustrating at Haydock because, but well, Adrian was pretty adamant he was still going to win, um, and uh, he's come back with a little bit of a foot issue, which should be sorted before um, there's any worries. But it's just the ground is key to him. He needs he needs very soft ground. It's a real shame with him because you must have thought, you know, when he was, because I think I think I'm right saying there's quite a good story behind his name. I think it's a, is it a family? That's connection? right. It's named after um, Max's father. Yeah, um, um, yeah. A professional golfer. That was it. Yeah, Port is a golf, is a golf course. Um, and but you that race that he won at Aintree, the the bumper, the amount of horses that came out of that, and he was just because he was off for a year or so. The amount of horses that came out of that, you must have been, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm sitting on a on a volcano here. And he's come back and he's clearly got it. It's just, he's so fragile, which is which is such a shame. He's 25 to 1 for the Coral Cup. And and yeah, interestingly, if, um, you know, in, in one way, if, if you avoid with Labargo War because of the ground, maybe that gives Portrush Ted a chance if the ground... Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, this year is one year I'm taking horses there that generally they don't mind if it is soft. Yeah. Um, especially Emma Tom, if it came the softer, the better. Um, so it's it's one of those cases that I'm not, I'm not too. Um, I'm not are, are they going to Cheltenham in the background? <laughs> Sorry, what's that? Are, are they going to Cheltenham in the background? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's a quick wrap up there. Of your your runners, yeah. 
what would be your best chance per se? Um, I think Bob Marler would have a seriously good chance. Um, I, he's sort of been on a, he's, he's been a slow burner. Um, he's taken a while for everything to come good. Um, this season he's got better and better. Um, he's sort of the last run um, he had in the Edinburgh National was the same route as I went with Mr. Proach. Um, and he finished second in that and went and won the Kim Muir. Obviously, this lad won. Um, he's won round Cheltenham. I think he is a real stayer. Um, and I think the Kim Muir is, is pretty much made for him because he touched wood. He's a good jumper. He's able to hold a position. And if he's, if he's, if he's within a few lengths sort of turning in, he will have... Um, yeah, he, he will finish better than any horse. So... He, he would excite me. Um, I think he's gone a good enough mark after winning a, a good race, and he was very impressive, I thought, the way he finished at, uh, at Musselburgh. Would you, would you be happy if, if the ground did come up soft for him? I'm not, I'm not too far. It, it, I probably wouldn't want extremes, um, yeah. and there, you know, there is things said but that he's not too, but he's, you know, he runs some very good races in heavy ground. I think that is a big issue. Okay. And yeah, obviously, as you, as you alluded to there, you won that race with, with Mr. Proach um, not too long ago. And, and it's interesting that he's taken a very similar route. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one to consider. And I can completely get why that one um, is the most interesting. 16 to 1 with Bet Victor at the moment. Um, yeah, awesome. So are you ready to move on to the less um, serious part of the podcast? And that is the ratings quiz. Yes, I am ready. Always oh, perked up. <laughs> everyone seems to perk up when we stop talking about the serious stuff that everyone's used to talking about. <laughs> the, the, the one thing that we've noticed, Warren, as well, is that people generally start these games off thinking, oh, it's a rubbish game. I'll get off the phone quickly enough. The first one goes by and, like, shit, I want to win this one. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, right, I'm ready. You have to guess which horse had a highest official rating based on the, the horse before them, so higher or lower, effectively. So, Mr. Proach had a, a highest official rating of... We'll, we'll give you a guess. What, what do you think Mr. Proach's highest official rating was? 148. Okay, we nailed that. Um, <laughs> oh, he is going to be good at this. <laughs> um, Mulcahy's Hill, was his highest official rating higher or lower than 148? Lower. Well, and what was it? I think he got to 147. <laughs> Okay. This is uh, getting really interesting because that is spot on. Yep. Okay. The next one, uh, Keeper Hill, higher or lower? Um, he is higher. And, and, what, was and what was it? Um, he is one five three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is insane. We are absolutely killing this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Labago War, higher or lower? Lower. Oh, oh. higher. 154, just narrowly higher. Really, was it? Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm doing injustice. <laughs> uh, Emma Tom, higher or lower? Higher. Oof. <laughs> lower. 153. Is he? Yeah, he's one oh. lower than Labago at her peak. Um, and, oh, then, okay. and then the final one? The final one we've given to you, Cole Harden. Higher. Yeah. Go on, what, what was he? One six one. One six four. Was he? Okay. Oh, I mean, you, you were quick out of the blocks, but I feel like you slightly faded in the final. Yeah, film. I got complacent. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe a tongue tie or a breathing operation. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, Warren, thank you so much for giving us your, your time. Best of luck with, uh, with everything towards the festival and uh, we'll hope the, the weather falls the way you want it. Lovely. Thank you very much. You're listening to my pod or yours. We are delighted to be joined by Katie O'Farrell, a conditional jockey attached to the Paul Nichols yard. What a yard to be involved with, Katie, as well as considering before you were involved in uh, Willie Mullins in Ireland. Yeah, that's right. Um, coming from the best to the best, really, isn't it? I, I, I did. A, I worked for Willie Mullins. is actually my first job ever in racing. And I also worked for, for Gordon Elliott for years. And I did two years in um, two years full time for Aidan O'Brien in Valley Doyle. So I've a I've a lot of experience with a lot of top top men. So it's it's nice to be over here now working for for the equivalent. To be involved in um, big yards going into big festivals like this must be must be pretty special. How does the preparation at Pools compare to being there at Willie's um, over over the years going into Cheltenham? Um, I don't know. I suppose everything does kind of. It stays the same, really. I think consistency is is the key to to all success, really. Um, so like not changing too much is is very important. I think Willie would maybe take his horses away more. Um, he kind of has a weekly routine of going up to the Curra with horses. Um, you know, before before Cheltenham and things like that. But we we wouldn't do that as often. Does he? But Paul has a a variety of different gallops. So I guess he's he's worked his his work routine is, is quite different and he has uh, more options at home, I guess. Um, and we do the odd race course gallop then as well. But I think the, the essence of it really is to keep things the same, keep things simple. I mean, we're two weeks out now and I think the most important thing is that nothing goes wrong as opposed to anything else, you know, that all the horses stay stay sound and stay well. And, and yeah, that's, that's, that's it really. It must be nice being surrounded by such sort of big names in the racing game, both equine and also also human. Obviously, the first horse to discuss for Cheltenham is the horse that everyone's talking about at the moment in in Solo. There were there were yeah. routes going around before he ran at Kempton that he was very good, and everything he did at Kempton would really justify that. Yeah, true. I mean, it's it's always a tough one. I think um, I've seen a lot of horses come in you know from France with these massive expectations and it's you know you never really know I mean obviously we thought a lot of him at home anyway and you know he, he he never disappointed but you never really know until you send him out there and it was his first run over here so it was all it could it could have gone either way I guess you know it took Pictoria quite, quite a while to come around and have his big day but um no it's brilliant for everyone that he he showed up and he showed like he he stood up to his the reputation that he came with so yeah, it's exciting times ahead for him. What's his temperament like at home? Because, you know, the horse he's going to have to take on, you know, all mankind is a bit crazy. Goshen seems to have slightly quirky tendencies. He seems to be the most straightforward, but he's actually an entire, like he's fully intact as a stallion. How how do you deal with that um, uh, on the gallops? Um, it's a funny one. He's at, it really does depend on the horse. I mean, because I know... I know from working in Ballydoyle, obviously, you know, all of them are full horses in Ballydoyle. Uh, well, 99% of them. Um, and I think they play off each other a bit because Solo is as cool as they come. He's a real, you know, he's a cool dude. The, the girl that rides him out, uh, Chloe, calls him Billy, Billy the Kid. Um, just because he's, he's just, he's, he's 
so straightforward, professional, you know, just does what he has to do. This obviously, you know, he he stays up front of the string. He's never behind Phillies, that kind of thing. Um, the, the obvious stuff that you don't take chances with. Um, but overall, I mean, you'd never know. You'd ne- you, he doesn't act like a colt. He doesn't, you know, behave hot and stroppy. He, he's very straightforward. So I think that really plays to his advantage when it comes to when it comes to you know going to the races and, and performing on the day. How does everyone handle it in the yard as well? Going to Cheltenham with a a real almost hot pot, so to speak, in solo. Obviously, Paul Nichols has trained many, many very good horses over the years, but there must be a different buzz around the yard going to well when you go into Cheltenham with with numerous chances, but especially with a horse like Solo. Yeah, I mean, well, like you said, they're used to success, aren't they? It's not that they take it for granted by any means, but I mean, every year you want to beat the best. They are the best, and they want to beat themselves from last year. I guess you know it's, it's like, I think there's always a buzz because the yard is full, full of superstars, isn't it? And and full of horses with chances. And in these big handicaps, like you, you never know. Uh, you know, when the ground changes, everything changes. And uh, like it's ex- exciting from a like from from a much bigger perspective to have the likes of Solo in the yard, and not just for Cheltenham. You know, there's always the concern that he, he did just run the other day um two and a half weeks prior to uh prior to the triumph is it too soon you don't really know until you get there on the day and and it's always the thing afterwards you know if it works brilliant if it doesn't it's oh you know maybe it was too soon kind of thing but i guess you just have to take each day as it comes and and you know hope that the, the horses turn up on the day do you say you've got a yard of superstars how about the uh two-time King George winner, Clandes Obo. How is he faring coming up to his big day? Yeah, really good. So he, he's had he's had the perfect preparation, to be honest. Um, this year he's been trained a little differently. They've kept him, you know, they've kept him fresher. He didn't disgrace himself in the Gold Cup by any means last year, and there's a lot of questions over his stamina and this kind of thing, but definitely on better ground he operates better. So that's something that, you know, from a punter's perspective, I guess, you'd be looking at. Um, but we won't know that till till close to the time. You know, Cheltenham dri- dries up very quickly, and if if the ground turns nice, he's 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 going there fresh and well and with every chance. He's seven to one currently with Bet Victor for the uh, for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. We were talking to to Josh Moore about uh, Goshen for the podcast, and he was saying that it almost gets a little bit annoying that a lot of people are talking down the chances of one of their leading hopes. Does it get the same with with Clandazobo in the yard? That a few people obviously say that. He's not got a stamina. He might not be a Cheltenham horse. He's almost being compared to Silvaniarco Conti a few years ago that Paul Nichols also uh, trained. Do, do do you guys listen to that or do you just brush it off and, and hope that the horse does the talking? Yeah, the, we brush it off. I mean, there's so many opinions going around and I think a lot of it is kind of trend. You know, someone hears that, you know, Clandazova doesn't have the stamina or, or doesn't perform around Cheltenham. And I think at the end of the day, there's so many more factors behind that. Um, and like I said, his preparation's been different this year. He's, you know, he's going to be going fresh and well. He's, he's a year older, a year more mature, a year stronger. And uh, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worried at all. I think the biggest thing against him would be the ground, depending on how that turns up. But I mean, everyone throws their opinion around. The closer that the festival gets, the more opinions that that there are. Does it ever happen in the yard where you genuinely, someone reads out a tweet from some person talking about a, a Nichols horse or something and you all genuinely fall about laughing? Like thinking, he doesn't have a clue. Like just absolutely laughing to yourselves because someone's taken a guess at something that you guys know is just 
not possible. Uh, it is it is funny, but I think everyone's just trying to get involved, isn't it? And, and try and have an opinion and, and see, I guess, at the end of it, are they right? Were they right or were they wrong? And, you know, gather as much information as they can. And everyone's entitled to do that. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I guess uh, we'll just see on the day what happens. That's a very good sum up, sum up of it. I think that's a, the exact reason why Twitter exists, in fairness. How about Frodon? Because he's had a quieter year, and so has Bryony, in fairness. They've both had a, a, a significantly quieter years, but it was a nice to see Frodon back win again at Kempton a couple of weeks ago. How is he faring? Frodon is in top form. Yeah, he couldn't be better going, going into the festival. Uh, ran a nice race in Kempton. You know, you, you, can't, you couldn't but be pleased with that. Um, he loves Cheltenham. You know, it's just he'll he'll go. I know he's he's an entry for the Ryanair and the Gold Cup. He'll go for the Ryanair. It's it's better suited to him. Shorter trip and he can press the pace, which he loves to do. And like we all know, he operates around there. He loves it there. He has had a quieter year, but he has come back to himself slowly. And I think it would be unfair to rule him out. Um, but yeah, from from our perspective, he's he's going there in the form he needs to be in. He he must be. The- one of the, the the only horses in training i think every jockey much like yourself is almost jealous of Bryony frost because he just seems to go out there and do everything so professionally he must be the horse that you you watch and you think god i'd like to ride him very much so isn't he a pleasure to watch though i mean he just travels and jumps and loves the game um but unfortunately i'd say i'd say those two are well well tied together so <laughs> i can keep dreaming about it does she ride him out every day no, she doesn't. A girl called Holly Evans uh, rides him out every day and has done for has done for the last number of years, I think. Um, so yeah, Holly Evans is is the girl up board every day. He's a bit of a handful at home, mind he. But yeah, she she handles him and gets on great with him, and he's in he's in top form. He's he's currently a six to one chance for the uh, for the Ryanair. We're just looking at the entries that that Paul Nichols has for the, the Cheltenham Festival. There are so many handicap entries to get through. We can't possibly mention all of them, but we'll try and mention a few. The, the likes of of is it Grenatine? A uh, pretty well fancied in, Grenatine. yeah, in the the Grand Annual, is it? Yes. Um. So he's in the Grand Annual and, and the Arkle, but I think the Grand Annual will be will be more up his street. This is a horse I'm a big fan of. Um. I just think he's done everything right so far. Jumps superbly. Uh. You know, travels well. I think he'd be more competitive in the likes of the Grand Annual. Um. The Arkle looks pretty pretty competitive, pretty stiff. So. It, yeah, if he runs, I would be. I'd be keeping an eye on him. I'm a big fan of his. Even because obviously in the same race, you've got Brelon Dart as well, who was narrowly denied in the uh, Bet Victor Gold Cup at. What was the Bet? Yeah, it was the Bet Victor Gold Cup at uh, yeah. Cheltenham. At Cheltenham, um, would you? Would you? You definitely favour Grenadine over Brelon Dart. I just yeah. I mean, the thing about Brelon Dart is, is he. he he does operate around Cheltenham. He always runs his race around there. Now, he has a couple of entries over a number of different trips. Um, and, and it's hard to know with the horse at JP's, you know, where they're going to decide to put him. Um, but, you know, in a handicap, he is, he's always competitive and always runs his race there. But there's just there's something about Grenatine. I have a little, uh, a little soft spot for him. So I'd be picking. He'd be tip of mine, yeah. Uh, we'll mention uh, Mick Pastor as well, a horse who... He's almost gone on the radar through no fault of his own, just because we haven't seen him for, for quite a while. He's entered in the, the Boodles, the Fred Winter to, to you and me, and also the, the Triumph Hurdle as well. Do you have any idea which way he's going to go? Uh, yeah, more than likely the Boodles will be right up his street. Um, like you say, a little bit under the radar. He started his season slow, I guess. Um, but he, he 
he won nicely, was it Ludlow? Yeah. Um, yeah. Last one, yeah, Ludlow. Um, tongue strap on, and I think they're getting the hang of him now. He's 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 a bit of a, a funny character. Uh, can can run very keen, but with the likes of the Rudels, they're they're going to travel. They're going to trap along, and that'll suit him. He jumps super, and he can you know he can keep up with the pace and come off it. So he's actually he's actually one of my tips for the week. Oh. There you go, then you've you've struck <laughs> struck at battleships. You've managed to find out of the fifty entries the one that um uh Katie's interested in. Um just avoiding handicaps for one second, the horse that I've been desperately hoping and texting Megan, asking when he's coming back, and he came back only a month uh less than a month ago in Dynamite Dollars. Now, this horse, I think we haven't seen the best of him yet, and I think he's got a really good each way chance in the champion chase if that's where he goes. Yes. That is where he goes, and I couldn't agree more. I, I love this horse. Um, I couldn't believe, not that I couldn't believe, but I was just so impressed with his performance a few weeks ago. I mean, he was off for over a year. He's a funny character. He barely picks up the bridle at home, and then he, he went to the races and, you know, travelled and jumped like a real like a real good horse. And, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with his with his comeback run. So I, I wouldn't be turning turning away from him either. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him run again, but I guess the only concern with that with him as well would be it, it comes very soon after after such a big run. Um, but nonetheless, he's entitled to be there, and I think he's he's a very good each way shout. And before we open up the floor to you and let you mention anything else that you possibly want, um, McFabulous is a horse who's already been a winner at some of the Spring Festivals, Aintree last uh, last year. He's a horse who his season doesn't seem to have gone right. However, it did get back on track last time. Yeah, exactly. He's after pulling himself together a bit now, um, and we think we have him have him on the straight and narrow. But I don't think Cheltenham is on the cards for him. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's got, he's got a few entries, but seemingly not going. Um, we will open up the floor to you now, uh, Katie. Anything that we haven't mentioned that you feel that we should? Um, Sir Psycho. Yes, he, he was uh, impressive at Haydock, wasn't he? Yes. Um, he's just been one of those horses who's he's progressing very fast. He does everything right, jumps super, um, but I guess he, he's quite, not ground dependent, but the softer the ground, the better, I guess. And um, I think he's likely to be sort of a last-minute decision as to where he goes or whether he, whether he goes based on the, the ground. You know, if, it, if, it's, if it's proper soft, um, he'll, it'll be right up his street, and, and he performs on that. So, like I said earlier, I think... When the ground changes, everything changes. And if, if Cheltenham turns up soft, which it's looking like at the moment, um, you know, Willie's, Willie's the man to follow. His horses love that. The softer, the better for Willie's horses, I think. So that's, that's just something to bear in mind. So Psycho's 12 to 1 with Bet Victor. But um, just picking up from what you said, why is that? Why you, That's a quite a sweeping statement for a one trainer to have, you know, he, he gets all of his horses going on, on heavy ground. I know we say that about Venetia Williams over here on heavy ground. Is there anything you can give us to a reason why um, Willie Mullins' horses go so well on, on wet ground? His gallop. That's there the we reason. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's like nothing I've ever ridden on before. Uh, it's just this heavy wood chip, not the wood chip that we all think of when we think of wood chip. It's just, it's just different gravy. They have to work hard every day. And I guess he's a very consistent routine. Uh, Every week, you know, it's, this, it's the same thing. It's, it's consistency with, with, with his daily work. And they, they just get, over time, they, they get con conditioned to handling, you know, 
steep conditions. And the thing about his gallop is it works with the weather. So if you've got a lot of rain, the gallop gets heavy, as do the tracks. Whereas on a sand gallop, if you've got a lot of rain, it gets a little bit quicker. Yeah. Whereas the tracks get heavier. And, and then in the summer, when it gets really dry, the sand gets heavy because like it, it just all opens up. And then the tracks get dry and quick. So sand kind of works the opposite way, whereas Willie's gallop works with it. So they're always kind of in tune with, with the, the way things are working in the weather, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really interesting. And would you say when, you know, when horses come to Cheltenham and it is good ground, all of a sudden Willie's horses are like, oh my goodness, this is so much easier than what I do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, there's that too. Willie's always said, you know, the hard work is done at home. When they come to the races, it should be an easy day out. And you you see that in the way that a lot of his horses run and, and win, you know, so well and so comfortably. And not all of them, obviously, but but a lot of them are just so in command um, because, like like I said, you know, his his thing is they do their hard work at home so that they can come to the races and it's almost like like a day off for them. Have you ever been involved with Willie Mullins' horses coming over to Cheltenham, um, Casey? Yes, yes, every year. This is the first year I won't be there as a, you know, riding out for him in the mornings. I'll be, obviously, I have my duties to fulfil here. So, yeah, it'd be different. Uh, I, uh, I rode for Willie at the festival last year and that, so it's, this is my first year that things will be different. What's it like in the mornings, obviously, when everyone's almost meeting up in the middle of where the cross-country course is, it seems to be, and having a little gallop? Because that looks to be almost magical in a Cheltenham morning for a, a racing fan. It is, to be honest. It's it's uh, it's what some people's dreams are made of, isn't it? Um, like, such a big string. Every horse that's there, you know, is entitled to be there. It's It's definitely something special to be a part of, and and he's he's so many horses he, he creates quite a presence down there and equally Gordon does the same now he has so so many numbers and I think this year he'll have more numbers than ever so it is it's it's um it's a special thing to be part of I guess and it's, it's uh I, d- I definitely never took it for granted it's time for you now Katie to either make friends or enemies <laughs> <laughs> So we have we everyone gets a game of some description. Everyone gets a different game. And Katie, we have given you Paul Nichols quick fire questions. Are you? Okay, I'm, I'm definitely not ready because I'm not good at. <laughs> I, I I think a lot. I'm a pensive kind of person, so I'll do my best. It needs to be as quick fire as possible. We will, you know, we'll start counting you down if you're not answering. It, you know, it's punchy. Okay, so just whatever is okay. your gut feeling, whatever comes to mind. Favourite horse in the yard right now? Tamarok Dumasan. Quirkiest horse? Surname. Oh. Uh, most likely to bite you? <laughs> His name, three, 300, 300 through five. Well, the best workhorse? Birds of Prey. Paul Nichols or Harry Cobden? What? In what context? Harry Cobden? <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever context you wish. There's no context. <laughs> <laughs> I've answered it now anyway. So. Interesting you didn't look after your job then. Yeah. <laughs> best rider? Harry Cobden. Surprised you didn't say Katie O'Farrell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> biggest celebrator. Oh, Paul Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> if you could ride one horse at the festival, who would it be? Album photo. Oh, different. Uh, favorite horse of all time. Low Sun. Oh, oh wow. different. Okay. <laughs> Worst habit of Paul Nichols. <laughs> um, mi- <laughs> mixed signals in the schooling ring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Katie, you've made it through alive. Well done. You've made it through, possibly, possibly without a job, but you've made it through to the end of the podcast. I, I don't think he's going to listen to this. I hope. Oh, that's oh. Harsh. this is a very good podcast, Katie. <laughs>
We're very reputable. <laughs> well, I tell you, it has a great name. I'll give you that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. It's got, Thank it's you. got a moderate name, Katie. It came from, um, came from me. Very, I think it's very clever. <laughs> don't, yes. don't, feel, don't feel the ego too much. Ah, oh, this is got this is a good interview. Um, Katie, thanks so much for joining. Before you go, um, we need a we need a tip. We need a dark horse and a tip from you um, for Cheltenham Festival. Okay, my my dark horse is Darver Star in the Champion Hurdle. Gavin Cromwell's runner. Okay, yeah, because obviously uh, Gavin Cromwell won it last year. Well, he won it last year. I'm a little bit unsettled the fact that nobody else is talking about him, but he finished half a length off off Honeysuckle in the Irish Champion Hurdle um, a little while back, like, finishing strong. And, and nobody's talking about him. I just can't understand it. And I think, like, Gavin Cromwell is such an under-the-radar, under-the-radar, tra- like, but shrewd trainer. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he turns up and shows us how it's done. Yeah, he's, and he's, he's twelve to one currently, Darvis Star with Bet Victor. There has been a bit of support around for him, so someone somewhere thinks the same as you. Just quietly. <laughs> Quiet quietly, yeah. <laughs> My nap of the festival. Aside from Mick Pastor, which I mentioned earlier, yeah. um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Captain Guinness in the Supreme Novice. Wow, these are some brave picks. What price is he? He is twelve to one with Bet twelve Victor, to one Guinness. as well. That's that could start your because both of these races, I think you've, you know, they haven't really got set favourites. You know, Envoy Allen isn't going to go to the Supreme, and it's um, at the top of the market, yeah. Shishkin and everything, and Champion Hurdles completely up in the air. Um, they are, some yeah, well, that's, that's the quirks. thing, and I think, yeah, I don't know, and it just, I suppose the ground as well would be a factor, but um, the likes of like Captain Guinness, just I watched, I've been watching him, like he's such a strong traveller such a good jumper that it, it just it has to suit him the supreme novices they're going to roll and he, he can jump and he can also come off that pace which i find very impressive so i just and obviously we all know that henry de Bromhead and rachel blackmore are the dream team so it wouldn't surprise me if if, if yeah they they uh they take it home so we'll see and all the best horses that run in the supreme are the ones that are strong travelers um, jump really well, you know, just like my tent or yours, you know. So it's it he could be. Win it. He didn't he win didn't it, beat. but he was the best. Horse. He was the best horse in the race. So we and we all know that. So it's mm. fine. Yeah. Well, isn't there something dull about picking the favourite anyway? Katie was convinced. She's gone back up in yeah, estimation she's, now. I like she's, her again. she's not convinced. Katie, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us on my pod or yours. Um, it's been great to have you, and we hope that um, it could be a very successful Cheltenham for you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to My Pod or Yours. One final time on the My Pod or Yours Cheltenham special, we welcome Sam Boswell back to the show. Sam, it's, it's been emotional. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, I'd like to consider myself the star of your show, but I think there's been plenty of brilliant guests. Well done, guys. Certainly enjoyed all the contributions. Uh, and uh, I believe you want to try and make some money for charity. I'm, I'm a bit surprised we've entrusted yourself and Michael with this responsibility of some of the bets, but let us know what you fancy. OK, so the, the, the one that me and Michael put forward and all proceeds for this go towards the, the IJF, the Injured Jockeys Fund. We want a great view in the Potems. That's myself and Michael's selection together relegate a very very popular choice but you lads are bucking the trend there and I, lo- I like and respect that 20 to 1 at the moment so you'd be making a fair few quid are we going each way or are you having it on the yeah, night 
I think we'll have ten tenner each way on on a great that's, that's, that's a, I think that's a fair policy, but really a very bad result for us. So we'll be cheering a great view for charity money and also for our own pockets. Uh, for what it's worth, relegates got no chance. Moving on, uh, Sean Tiernan in part two of our uh, podcast. He was very, very sweet on Simply the Bets. And Sam, he just said that Simply the Bets will win the play. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to reserve doing my best uh, impression of uh, Simply Red for Simply the Bets. But yeah, seven to one with ourselves. And uh, always nice to hear plenty of bullish confidence from connections. And uh, I, I always think that's a really tricky race to try and pick one out. In. But as those handicaps get more and more compressed, I don't think it matters too much what you're carrying these days. There's so little in it. Uh, seven to one with ourselves. And fingers crossed that can uh, get a great team off to a good start because the Brooks has put an awful lot into the game. Indeed. And as Sean said, that will be a win-only bet. And we're also going to side with Katie Farrell as well. She was very keen on Mick Pasta uh, in the uh, Boodles. What price is he? Uh, we'll go eight to one there for the for Mick Pastor in the Boodles, and um, well done for for correctly name checking it. Um, I think we're all guilty <laughs> of not referencing sponsors enough. So yes, the Boodles eight to one Mick Pastor, and uh, best of luck to Katie. Fingers crossed she's put you on to a winner, and there's a, there's a good chance of making a nice return there. Uh, Sam, thank you very much for the help with uh, with Bet Victor at this uh, Cheltenham Festival. It's it's going to be a good one. Yeah, we've been uh, we've loved this, Luke. It's been good fun. You've had some fantastic guests on and. I think all I want to do is wish all your listeners a, a really successful and enjoyable 2020 Cheltenham Festival. And one thing I think we can't stress enough is enjoy it like it's any other race meeting as well in terms of your staking. Gamble responsibly. Don't use it as an opportunity to get carried away. It's really important that that, doesn't, that discipline doesn't go out the window. It is just another day's racing. Enjoy it. If, like me, you know nothing about the Fox Hunters... Just don't try and have a bet in it. Just go and have a relax and, and look forward to what's ahead and look back at what's been a great festival. Take your time, enjoy it, and uh, yeah, have some real fun with it. And fingers crossed, find some winners or two. Yeah, the best tip for at Cheltenham. It's four days. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Sam, uh, to you and everyone at Bet Victor, thank you very much for helping us out with this uh, podcast. And hopefully, we'll see you again in the future. Certainly will, Luke. You're listening to my pod or yours. We are delighted to be joined again on the podcast by um, Laurent Barbaran. I'm not sure if that is a great pronunciation. I've known you for over a year now, Laurent, and I don't think my French is improving. But um, uh, yeah, you'll just have to deal with it, really. And I think we've got a good game coming up later for you to uh, laugh at both Luke and I. Okay. Hi, hi, Hon. You haven't butchered my name, Michael. It was not great, but you haven't butchered it. Put it this way. <laughs> That's good. That's good. How are you? And are, are you excited for... Um, obviously, you've been on Sky Sports now for around about a year, maybe slightly over. Um, and uh, yeah. I think every, everyone knows you for that, for your uh, amazing off-camera celebrations or commiserations that uh, video went viral on At The Race's Twitter um, of your horse coming coming second. Um, but as, as we yes. all know, you're, you're, quite, you're, you're one that quite likes cheering home a horse. Yes, yes, it's always nice. Uh, it's always nice. But this one, this one was a really painful one for different reason we we don't have time to talk about the reasons here but um just you know just get beat ahead on a horse you've had you know all your life almost all of it on so it's <laughs> it's tricky sometimes but that's okay but i i survive it i i've survived it and, and i will survive more i i always get nervous when we get lauren on the the, the podcast because he just he just abuses me about yeah. any pronunciation and like it's not playful it's hurtful <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. I would not be. I would not be in your seat, to be honest, because you, you'd get hammered again today. I'm sure. I'm sure when time comes, but we have to wait a little bit for it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the game later, Lauren. I'm not going to lie. Usually with our guests, we play a game to make them look silly. Yeah. Lauren comes to us and goes, I'm going to make you look silly. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I'm, well, I don't that, like it. That was the deal. That was the deal. <laughs> fine. Otherwise, I would not come. <laughs> 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 yeah, we do, we don't pay our guests, and anyone's interested. They just uh, pay for our for their own. Uh, oh, you you don't pay the other guests, don't you? No, All right. We don't pay any guests. Yeah, keep that. Keep that. Yeah. No, no, I'm just... <laughs> okay. uh, We'll we'll kick off with the horse that everyone is going to be interested in, um, because this is the horse that could really upset the apple cart when it comes to Easy's Land. Um, which I think I've pronounced right, considering it's an English word or, or merge of words. Um, yes. And he is the one that was so impressive um, over the cross-country fences uh, last year and is possibly the one that could upset Tiger Roll. Do you think that's possible? And and how highly do you rate Easy's Land? He's three to one second favourite with Bet Victor. He's, he's an amazing horse uh, in the cross-country chases in France, obviously. We've seen him in a very short period of time dominating the game in front is still very lightly raced only 16 races now when he won at Cheltenham um, I'm not sure there was a, a top class bunch of horses behind him he did it very well um, and now he's still a young horse when you look at the time you know you have to pay attention a little bit of attention at the time the time of his win at Cheltenham was something like I don't know, 30 seconds slower than, than Tiger or when he won last year was the same course and distance. I think it's 30. Uh, I looked at it last week, 30 seconds, which is a lot. Um, he's still a very young horse. He's taking on the best, you know, long distance horse in the world uh, this time. So it's, it's a different ball game. Um, I, he's a very good horse. I think this race against Tiger Roll may be coming just a year too early for a horse like him. I think, you know, if he was older, if he had a year more experience, he would be a big danger to Tiger Roll. And I'm not sure, it doesn't matter how good he is, I'm not sure he's tough enough to take on Tiger Roll um, in this sort of race. That's that's my only concern. Um, just not tough enough. He's a, he's a good horse, strong horse, but he's taking on, you know, the best one. So it's, it's a tricky one, to be honest. Very tricky. I'd be delighted to see him win. Um, but I'm just concerned about, you know, taking on a horse like Tiger Roll. If, he, if he's on his A-game Tiger Roll, it will be very difficult to beat. What did you make of his, his run last time uh, around over in, in France? Because to the untrained eye, it looked a little bit workmanlike, but he seemed to have plenty left at the finish. You have to give a lot of credit to his jockey. Uh, that for many people look a little bit funny when you rode him at Cheltenham, but, but he's a very special horse to ride when you've got Jonathan Plugano on your side. Um, you, you have a big advantage, in, especially in cross-country and most specifically at Po. Um, at Po, Isislam did not jump too well the, uh, the major obstacle, what we call you know, the, the cheese obstacle in front of the stand. They have to jump it twice. It's, it's a huge um, sort of bounce. He did not jump it too well. He jumped it okay, but uh, because he had a man like uh, Plugano on him, he managed to get over it. And I think in the final stages, when they turn for home, it's more Plugano that won the race than the horse. What, everyone kind of talks about that, but um, I have to say there was quite a few criticisms about um, Jonathan Pluganu um, at, at, at Cheltenham because it looked like he was hailing a taxi at pretty much every every fence. Yes. What, 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 was, yes. Going, what uh, was going on there? Because to the untrained eye again, you don't. it doesn't look like the horse is jumping too badly. Was he just jumping too boldly? I, I, can't, I couldn't really 
work out no. myself. Is a is a very special is a very special jumper. Is very uh, what you would call a, uh, we we would call it a brutal horse. When it takes off on, on to attack a, a fence or, or a bounce, is very uh, a brutal. Aggressive. And Kuganu just trying to find the, the balance. And believe me, he's, he's probably the best cross country rider in France, if not the best of all over jumps. He's, he's someone very strong, and, you know, he, he could ride over short jumping as well. Kluganu is extremely, extremely talented rider. And he's probably one of the only few that can manage to stay on the horse. He's a very special horse. And uh, I know he looked very funny to, to many eyes, and that's fine. But if maybe someone will interview David Cotton about the, the, the horse, the way he jumps and, and so on, um, you know, you would find out, that he, would, he would explain to you that the horse is very, very special. And the other thing to note as well is last time it was a handicap and he's a young horse giving away weight. This time he'll be off pretty much level weight. So he will be better off with a lot of the horses that he beat last time. So he's he can, he's only he's only likely to be further clear of, of the rest of the field. It's just the tiger roll angle. Yes. Um, in the in the rest That's... of the field, there's there's obviously um, some other French horses, including the long standing dish, Eugène de Grigan. Um, my, my, sorry, Michael gets so nervous mentioning <laughs> anything French around you. I thought I was good at French until it's, I spoke to it's Laurent. It's hilarious. Um, and the other one being Diesel Dallier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just silence. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, I've, I've, we'll, um, I'll, I'll, you know, I've understood what you try to say anyway. So that's the main thing. So. No, Urzan Gregain, the, the, the first one, Urzan Gregain, he's been around forever, okay? What a horse he's been, you know, he was, he's been all around France, he's been at Cheltenham, he was even second, you know, the big race in Pardubici in, uh, in the Czech Republic, yep. which is uh, at, at the end of 2017, he's just one of these amazing horses, but I think now he's 12 and he's, he's probably not as sharp as he used to be, although he's still likely raced. He's only raced 35 times. Um, could a horse, I would expect him to be third, fourth, fifth, but he's not anymore. I think at this stage, he's not in the league of uh, Easy Sland or, or Tiger Roll uh, now. Of the, the, the three in the market at the moment with Bet Victor, Easy Sland uh, is at three to one. It's 10 to one for Urgen du Gregan and Diesel Dallier at, at 16 to one. Would you, of those three, if you were going to back one of them, would it be Easy's Land, even though you don't sound overly confident behind Easy's Land? I would think that Urgen Gregain would be, you know, like a niche web bet at 10, what is it, 10 to 1, you said? 10 to 1, yeah. I think, it, yeah, I think it would be the the, the, the fairest best bet in my view, uh, take an each way chance on the Urgen Gregain. We'll talk about a horse that's just kind of bounded into everyone's attention after... Um, the Adonis win, Solo, which again, I can't pronounce wrong, which is great. Um, Solo, what do you make of this? Obviously, he had a couple of runs in France before he ran so impressively in the Triumph um, just that week, just uh, just last weekend. Um, what yep. did you think about him before he came to the UK? And what, what do you think now? He, he looked very exciting. First time out, he was third to a stratagem, okay? He saw that he's owned by uh, David Maxwell now and run third at, uh, where was that? Over Hurdle, I think it was Wincanton or somewhere. Anyway, so it was a little bit disappointing, but on his next start, he bolted up at uh, Otoy Sore. It was, it was very, very impressive. And obviously, um, in, in my view at the time, I, I made a, a small review about this horse before his first run in England. He, he looked like a very, very exciting prospect, being trained by uh, Paul Nichols, a next Macker horse. 
you have to think um, Paul Nichols has trained many ex Macaire trained horses, okay? And he knows what he gets in his stall when they come from Guillaume Macaire, and he knows what exactly what to do with them, how to handle them, not only the Macaire, but he knows specifically about the Macaire horses. So that's a big advantage. The horse was obviously very, very talented, you know, judge on his, uh, on his win at Auteuil, and he just confirmed the other day that he's, you know, he's top class. And the filly that he beat, uh, Fujimoto Flyer, is, is a very nice filly because I saw her at Auteuil, winning at Auteuil at the end of last year, and she was something special already. So the way he beat her makes him look very, very strong. Solo is currently 11 to 4 at the head of the market for the triumph herder with Bet Victor. Yeah, would you say, because we were talking about this earlier with, with another person on the podcast, Kevin O'Malley, about how Paul Nichols is is really good. Because these triumph horses, they're very, you know, French, you know, obviously in France, you start some of these horses jumping at, at, at two and you worry that they peak too soon. So you worry that a lot of triumph hurdle winners don't really go on to do anything. They win the triumph hurdle, then they've, they've completely blown their head and they haven't, they don't train on. But you kind of get the, the idea with this solo that there's a lot more to come so would you suggest that even if he doesn't win the, uh, the triumph hurdle it's what comes next is actually going to be going to be bigger and better yes definitely definitely and and the other thing is you know he's going to go chasing at some stage i'm sure and then you you'll have the real deal over fences i mean you might they may just have already the real deal of hurdles but uh, once he will go chasing it's going to be something even probably better the yeah. best French import that I've, we've seen so far uh, this season. So we were talking earlier as, as well that he's still a, a colt, he's still an entire, which opens up a whole avenue of possibilities. I'm not sure that he's going to go down the, the stallion route because, as you say, he might be more of a chaser in the future. But it, it is very interesting that he is still a, a colt. Yes, well, <clears throat> Guillaume Macaire um, has an habit of keeping what looks good to him. Uh, um, you know, among the, the court, he, he likes to keep them, um, you know, um, full horses uh, because he's made a, some nice stallion already. Uh, he's got Saint Dessin, it was a real success. He's been a real success, Saint Dessin, and they sent uh, <coughs> last year Goliath du Berlay also to stud. And I think Solo was in that mind. They must have had a huge offer to, you know, to, to sell him because I think your Machia would have had planned, although he did not own the horse, but he must have had planned for his connection to turn him into a stallion in the future. But even in France, um, sometimes, you know, they are kept, even if they go chasing, they are kept full horses. And that's okay, like uh, Goliath Duberlet was the case for Goliath Duberlet last year, so why not? An another one um, that you uh, kind of highlighted in your At the Races column, actually, was uh, Lamarquise. Oh, you messed that Mathis. up. I tried. I messed tried. that up. Yeah, that I was a mess. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I can't forget that. That's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Laurent. She's being reasonable. I'm like Shocking. Um, <laughs> Lamakai's. Uh, what do you think about her? She made a pretty okay debut um, under right. for uh, Willie Mullins in Ireland. She's now slotted in a second favourite in the Mayor's Novice. That's 11-2 to two with Bet Victor. Um it's 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 not known as the strongest of races. This do you think that she's of the quality to win it? Um, I don't really. I can't really see. Um, I cannot really work out the level of the race. But what I've seen is, you know, then again, considering the success of Willie Mullins, the experience, he knows what it takes to win that sort of race. Um, she won at Limerick. She had to work a little bit to win at Limerick, 
Um, she doesn't look anything like uh, like Solo, obviously. She had a good run in France, but was back in uh, in 2018, in May 2018. She was third in the Phillies race. Um, she was not easy to assess, but the fact that you know she's being trained by Willie Mullins, the fact that he's aiming the filly to this race, she must have come on from a from a win at Limerick. And anyway, she, well, are there any other French horses or ex-French horses that have that have taken your eye or, or, of, or of interest for you at the at the Chana Festival? Uh, not really. I just don't know about this uh, this of Fagnon d'Estrival if he's going to run or not. But uh, his first winning start at Newbury in UK for Vanessa Williams, he was quite impressive. I don't think he beat much that day, obviously, but because the second horse, the horse that came second was uh, an ex-French trained horse, an Anglo-Arab horse. Nice horse, but you know, not not great at stakes level, obviously. Uh, but it disappointed at Kempton after that, Fagnon d'Estrival. So I don't know where they are with the horse at the moment, but um, I would be happy to see him again um, out in UK. And I don't know if he's going to run in the, what was it in the- It's the Arco. Uh, the only... Arco chase? Oh, yeah, the Arco, yes. The Arco's but, the only- yeah, only yeah. 25 to 1. A strong race, strong race. Uh, not easy to assess, but if he's back to his best, I'm, I'd be curious to see him in the Arco because if he's in the form he was at Newbury or at Auteuil uh, in his last run in France in July last year, it would, it would be very interesting. He was impressive enough at Newbury. He's a small horse, can't really carry much weight, uh, I'm sure, but he's a small horse, but very agile over the obstacles. And, um, you know, he's got that turn of foot from, for the French half-bred, he's got the turn of foot of the good ones, so. Definitely, definitely. Shall we get on to the, uh, the reason you've, you've come on, Laurent? No. <laughs> yes. Um, so, just so everyone's aware, Laurent has sent us five each, five trotting racetracks in France, um, and we have to pronounce them. Uh, do you want to go first, or should no. I go first? Just so we know, Laurent has now gone online, so he can actually check what we're trying to pronounce. He's just come up on WhatsApp to make sure that um, he can actually understand what we're trying to say. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one you're going to say, so you can, you can go I'm through. not sure I will understand. Can we go through through the list? So, um, Laurent, you can give out points where you see fit. So, um, we'll oh, are we are we both trying each one, or are we going to take it in turns? I think take it in turns. Okay, I'll take the first one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Good luck. Good luck, uh, Tent. I need a miracle, Laurent. Um, <laughs> Less than the oh, oh. Well, I. You see, look, I'm I'm quite impressed because because even someone French without the training, I've got may have understood what you said. Um, I think that. So I'm, very, I'm out. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. Is, I'm that, is that a, is that a point, Laurent? I, it'd be three quarter of a point, I would say. I can't give a give it a full point. Um, I give it a full point because it's the first one. I think that's more points than I got last time in the entirety of the game. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that, that's horrible, but I've got the longest one now. Cause bon barbotin les thermes. Okay, well, that's that's three points I should take away from you, uh, Michael, <laughs> this one, because you haven't got any points. So I'm not going to take any points away from you, but that was a disaster. Um, <laughs> Casobon, Casobon, okay. Casobon is the first word. Yeah. I drove by today, by the way. Um, uh, I drove by the smaller, this small town, Casobon. that okay? Yeah. Barbotin. Barbotan, yeah. late term was okay because I think anyone could say that, but the first word was a complete disaster. I'm like, I can't give you any point for this one. Okay, great. So Luke's leading by three quarters of a point so far. Let's go. <laughs> uh, 
the third one, uh, Blanc Bouvron Le Gav. <laughs> That's a good try. You know, I might just fill up the quarter of a point missing to, to reach one, a full point. <laughs> point, point. This point. <laughs> yeah. Go on, I'll give you a quarter of a point. So you're, you're leading one nil, uh, Luke. That's, I would say this one was just blanc, blanc. Is that okay? You agree yeah. with me? But that's on the second word, you messed it up big time. Oh, really? But I don't know why you said boon wrong or boon wrong or something. You said it's, it's easy, it's bouvron, bouvron. I feel like Can you're you say that? I think that's what you said, actually. And then Legave. Le no. This is a nonsense. Legave. Okay. Legave was easy. Now, I think I actually might have a chance here because there's a place in Jersey that has this. I think I could do this one as well. This is easy. Saint Juan de Trois. No chance. No. no. In fact, you, you got it wrong. You thought you were smart. No, because listen, Saint was good, obviously. Yes. You said Juan. That's how it's written. But in French, we said Saint Juan. You oh. see? Saint Juan de Trois. Saint one, so oh, you got done on this one, didn't you? I got three of those words right, like really well. Yeah, but I, mean, I give you a, a quarter of a point then. <laughs> no, no, three, three quarter of a point. Sorry, three quarter of a point because you got three out of four right. So, but, okay, but so you well. messed up on the on the main one. You see? Okay, so next one. You know, uh, I'll. I'm on this one. Yeah, oh. with a V. Uh, I don't know the last word. Valdier Le Pel. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Is that minus one? Oh, God. At least. At least. <laughs> okay. We're going to try to, to it, work it out. Ville Dieu. Yeah. Well done, Michael. I should I should give you half a point for this one, no, Michael. Oh, even oh, if you didn't. Yes, yes, that's yes. okay. No, I'm not I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. But anyway, Vidio was okay. It's easy. Vidio is quite easy. Lay is easy. And then poil. 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 It's like the, 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 the pan, you know? The pan. It's not the O in English. Okay, yeah. I'm going to try the next one. Is it easy? Next one is trick. Yeah. Ampuerez le valet. You just dropped. I think on this one, even. even even Luke uh, got hurt on this one, didn't he? <laughs> mm. It was, um, was very painful, I have to say. Umbreras? Umbreras. No. no chance. You see, that's different between the French and in, in English. We don't pronounce all the letters, but this one you try, you insist, you want to pronounce it like you would do in English. That's wrong, Michael. It's very wrong. Oh. It's in French. <laughs> so you want me to tell you the answer? Yeah, go on. Embrière. Oh. oh, I got the air. I knew it was air because I saw the accent, but that was it. And yeah. then love, oh, late yeah. play, it was okay. Oh, this yeah, looks all right. I can't give you any points. You should get this one. Is this one all, it's meant to be all one word, yeah? Yeah. Yes. This should Start be. Okay. Uh, Castel Salazar. Well done. Yeah! It was like when, uh, when, uh, when Solo won at Kempton. Very straightforward. Nice turn of fruit, straight to the post. Well done, Luke. Thank you very, very much. Impressive. I appreciate that. I feel so, I feel so nice when he, he gives me compliments. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really good about myself right so now. So are you on, you're back yeah. on a point now, because you got taken a point. Yeah, yeah. A point taken off? Yeah, you did, because of, uh, you missed yeah, it. Yeah. You said Valadio. I feel bad again now. No, you're back on a point, and I think I'm on a point and a half, a point and a quarter. Um, okay, yeah. so I know the first two words of this. It's the last bit that's going to get 
catch me out. Yeah, go ahead. La Rochelle Chatelion. It's not that desperate, to be honest. Um, because the first part was okay, so it's not, <laughs> it's not too bad. Half it's a not point. too bad. It's not as bad as I expected anyway. But I think this one, we already had this one in, in the first podcast, and it was so bad, I decided to put it back in. <laughs> and uh, there is a slight improvement, I would say. Uh, okay, La Rochelle was very easy. That was the easy part. Yeah. But then you, you murdered Chatelayon, didn't you? It was Chatelayon. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. These last two are going to be tricky, I think. So, Luke, you get the. I've now got a track that's got five letters in the word and four of them are vowels. <laughs> yeah. How is this? <laughs> I think it could be like the river in Leeds overflowing. <laughs> no, no, the river, the river in Leeds, I think, is the same. Okay, I, I'm just going to go for O's. Well done. Oh, I'm, I'm impressed by Luke. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I have to say, I'm impressed. I'm, sh I'm shocked. Where did he get it from? I mean, it's been massive improvement within six months, Luke. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Honestly, I've done it without you. Yeah. Okay. Last one for me. Maybe get this wrong. There is a lot of accents in this. <laughs> They're all the same. Is it Germany <laughs> Penfau? No, actually, actually, it's not too bad, but it's, it's just when you say it with the accent, it's, it's, it makes it funny. It makes it a different city, in fact, but, you know, it's, um, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. How, how <laughs> so I, I think if, I don't know, it's okay. You said Gemene, which was fine, and then yeah. No, no, that was okay. That was okay. But just, just the accent was, was, uh, made it a bit funny, obviously, which is fair, but. No, that was not too bad. Um, yeah, who wins, Laurel? I think it was pretty close. Yeah, I think you're... Well, I'm, I'm just calculating, and it's 1.5 each. Yeah, 1.5 each. 1.5 each. So it's a, it's a yeah. draw. <laughs> out of five, out of five, just to, you know, replace right. it in the context. So, so below average. <laughs> I'll take that. That's yeah. <laughs> I think last... It's well below. Last time we had minus points, to be fair. Um, yes. Thanks very much for that, Laurent. Um, the only question left to ask then is, what is your nap of the festival? My nap? I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be very uh, innovative, but I'll go for solo. I think he's, I think he's the real deal. There we go. In That's, the trial. That's a great quote to finish the Laurent section of how to bully two English lads. Um, of this po of this podcast, yeah. Laurent, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been great. Okay, guys. Fingers, fingers crossed, um, the French come through. You're listening to my pod or yours. Ah, oh, Michael, I am knackered, exhausted. I can't imagine listening to us for that long. Well, talking was hard enough, and it, I I always find that listening takes more of my energy. Yeah, bet Victor have given us one more charity bet though. One more charity bet. I I don't have much thought left. Shall we just throw Katie O'Farrell under the bus? Yeah. Mick, Mick Pasta, Mick Pasta, Casey O'Farrell was very confident on in the boodles that £20 win will go on Mick Pasta from uh, Bet Victor. Michael Horsley, you know a lot about. I do. Um, um, <laughs> he, he, he ran at Ludlow. I'm a big fan of Ludlow. He was there. <laughs> I've, I've heard other things about him. Michael has never heard of this horse before Katie mentioned uh, Mick Pasta, but he was very good at Ludlow and the tongue tie did seem to, uh, to help. <laughs> 
Pretty much. We're just going with everything that Katie said, because again, we don't want to be held accountable for that. But £20 uh, will go on Mick Pasta with uh, Ben Victor, <coughs> and all profits, as you say, will go to the IJF, the Injured Jockeys Fund, which is good. It is, it is. And thank you so much for making it through three podcasts. If you haven't already, go back and listen to the second or, or the first one um, and subscribe, like, interact with us on Twitter, give us a follow on Twitter and just tell us what you think about this podcast because it's a slightly different look to how other people run them and we'd love to hear what you think. But from both of us, thank you so much for, for listening to these three episodes and best of luck. May Cheltenham, first of all, be on and not ruined by coronavirus and may it give you riches beyond imagination. Thank God this is over. That was really creepy.